Good morning. It's lovely to be here and to be able to share with you. And I look forward to hopefully giving you some nuggets. <laughs> to the nuggets. <laughs> um, look, what an incredibly significant time that we've been fasting and praying in our nation, isn't it? Um, I was down in Hamilton helping Chris's mum, caring for um, her husband, dad, uh, when things unfolded on the Friday. And, you know, um, boy, I felt in the right place to be really praying and have been, of course, as we all have, for our beautiful nation. And uh, what a great word uh, from Anne this morning. Do you know Anne? Where are you? can't even see you. And, you know, I felt in the singing, I felt the Lord sort of say, Anne has a word for the church this morning, make room for it. So I was going to get up here and, and sort of put you on the spot, Anne. So you <laughs> but look, we are to pray for the welfare of Whangarei. Jeremiah, that God said to them, Pray for the welfare of the city to which I'm sending you. And that's for peace and prosperity and for God to move. So take it to heart. Pray for our city. Pray for our nation. All right. So I'm going to look at five different um, things about prayer. Now, Don asked me to speak about prayer. I'm very happy to. And uh, these might be slightly different than what you um, might think I'd choose, but uh, they're just um, five different types of prayer that uh, all of us need to pray. The first one is um, something that I'm thinking of. Hands up those of you that remember Keith Green. And okay, you've just labelled yourself as a certain age. <laughs> there is a song, as soon as Don asked me to if I would speak, and if I'd speak on prayer, this song came straight into my mind. Make my life a prayer to you. Do you remember that song? Make my life a prayer to you. I want to do what you want me to. No empty words and no white lies, no token prayers, no compromise. It's a great song. But make my life a prayer to you. So the first thing that I'm going to speak about is continuous prayer. And uh, the, the uh, verse that I want to talk, give you is First Thessalonians 5. Be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Now Thessalonica was a bustling seaport and Paul went there and there was some trouble. There was a bit of trouble and he was sort of, whisked away, I guess, but he wrote to them to encourage them in the new believers in times of persecution. And this is what he said, be joyful always. <laughs> pray continually. Now, some of you might think, well, how can you pray continually? You know, you can't kneel by your bed nonstop all your life, can you? No, of course you can't. And that's because that is just one type of prayer. We are meant to be praying continually, lifting our hearts constantly to the Lord during the day. You know, whatever happens in your day, let your heart fly to him in prayer. Just 
oh God, I need wisdom for this. Show me what to do here. Help me with this. You know, it's a constant sort of uh, crying out. Prayer should be your first response to emergencies, definitely. But confusion, um, indecision, need, you know, just let your heart fly to God in prayer. That's, that's prayer that's continuous. It's because you're realizing that God's ears are open to your prayer. Do you realize that? This morning, his ears are open to your prayer. So use it. Make the opportunity. Okay, I'm going to move on because I want to get to one in particular where we're going to stay for a bit. But the next one that I want to just put out here is what I've called silent prayer. Now, um, probably all of us at some point, well, okay, husbands and wives, I'll talk to you first. (laughs) How many of us have lain beside our partner in bed at night and not wanted to wake them up, but we want to pray? You pray silently, and uh, you don't wake them up, but God hears. How many mothers have sat on the bed beside a sleeping child, praying for their child silently? Now, it's a wonderful thing that um, Psalm 139 says this, You have searched me, O Lord, and you know me. You know, when I sit and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. He knows our thoughts. Now, for some of you, that might be uncomfortable, but he knows our thoughts. He hears our silent prayers. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, O Lord, you know it completely. Before you've even formed a prayer, He knows it. It's funny, after caring for mum and dad, when after mum and dad died, quite close, nine months apart, I compiled a little list um, which sits on my computer, and it's for when I get old, for my children. (laughs) And on it, it says, don't shower me in lukewarm water, please, make it hot. Sing to me, read the scriptures to me. Katie, you got that? Read the word to me. Even if you don't think I'm hearing it, I'll be hearing it. Read God's word to me. Sing to me. Um, If you're going to give me a teddy, make sure it's got one with a long nose. I I don't like the squash nose ones. Okay, I haven't actually put that on my list, but... One thing that I did want to put on there was even if I'm nonverbal, even if I can't talk, know that I'm praying inside. I just wanted them to know that. I've written it down. Know that I'm praying and I will be praying for you, my children, until my dying day whether you hear them coming out of my mouth or not, I will be praying. And God hears it. Now, we were over in Vienna in 2017, I think, and we went to a a church there. It was a Pentecostal church, and they were really um, 
oh, they were stirring up the people. It was really full on. And I remember, because of a particular thing, um, they were encouraging the congregation to really um, shout and and, and, um, express their praise and worship, but it was very loud. It was very vocal. And I was not in that place. Not at that not that night. I wasn't. I felt burdened by something and it just didn't feel right. And I remember sitting there and thinking, and there's all this, I won't say noise, but you know what I mean. It was very vocal going on. And I remember saying, Lord, can you hear my whisper? I was just whispering to him, can you hear my whisper? And as soon as the words were out, I was just crying because I knew that out of all that, he could still hear my quiet prayer. And it was beautiful. You know, sometimes we do feel like shouting and proclaiming and decreeing. Other times, they're little, they're quiet. You you whisper, he hears your whispers. And that's encouraging when you're in a certain place. Um, <clears throat> talking about silent, there was a um, there was a young cleric. I read this in uh, I think it was Spurgeon's book. A young cleric had come to do a debate with a very um, very clever, intelligent man, and they were debating over something in scripture. And as the older man got up and spoke first. Everyone was dazzled by his um, brilliance. And the younger one was just sitting quietly and people began to notice that he was just writing something on a piece of paper. Writing, writing. And they were all excited because they thought, he's obviously getting really good ideas, you know. He's writing them down and couldn't wait to hear him. When he stood up, he spoke with such clarity and simplicity that he, um, the previous speaker's argument was eclipsed. Later, someone found his piece of paper, and all over it, he had written, more light, Lord, more light, more light, Lord, more light. And it was his silent prayer. Lovely. God saw it. Now, Years ago, when I was a young nurse, I was probably 18, maybe 19, I was um, put up in the paediatric ward up here, and uh, I was on night duty, and one of my patients was a little three-year-old girl who had a huge tumour in her tummy, and um, I never forget uh, going round on my rounds, it was about two in the morning, and I went round, this dear little girl was just lying in her bed and her eyes were wide open. And I whispered to to her, hello. And she looked at me and just everything in me just went out towards this girl. And I remember I picked her up and I carried her over. She was actually quite heavy. I carried her over to the window and I looked out in the lights, street lights of Whangarei twinkling. And I remember I just stood there with her and she just lay quietly in my arms and I cried. I just, I remember crying for this little girl. She had a very bad prognosis and um, 
I remember she just looked at me. She just lay in my arms and looked up at me and I cried. I didn't pray out loud one word, but my tears were prayers. I put her back to bed and she went to sleep. The next uh, day, the next night when I got there, she wasn't there. She'd been discharged, well, not discharged, she'd been transferred um, to Auckland Hospital where she was going to, um, they were going to try one last thing for her. That's all I heard. But it was a significant moment for me. It was, it was I really felt God's love for this little girl. And uh, two years later, I was sitting in a doctor's room in Whangarei waiting for an appointment. I picked up a a woman's weekly magazine and on the front um, it said miracle child. And I thought, oh, I like the word miracle, you know. So I, I looked it up. Well, I could hardly believe it. There was this girl. And I couldn't believe it. It told the story of how she'd been in Whangarei with this massive tumour. She'd gone down to to Auckland. And um, when the doctors went in, they found that the tumour was shrinking and she was completely cured. And this was the anniversary of her going to school when they told her, told her parents that she wouldn't last more than a few weeks. It was so exciting. Now, I knew straight away it wasn't just me praying for this girl. And and in a way, I almost hadn't even prayed. Do you know what I mean? But love has words which sometimes are expressed through prayers, through groanings. The Holy Holy Spirit, we groan, um, we pray, we cry, and sometimes our Silent tears are prayers, powerful prayers, wonderful prayers. So I know, I bet other people were praying for that little girl as well, but boy, it was, it was wonderful for me. The doctors wrote miracle on her chart. I like that. I've seen that one other time too, but I haven't got time to tell you about that. Another time. Um, someone said, to have love is to work miracles. And then, I think this is Spurgeon as well, he preaches best who loves most. Love is where it's all at, you know. You can have all the intelligence or anything, but it's love that really works the miracles. For prayer, you can have long, highfalutin, you know, clever prayers, but it's the prayers of love and compassion that work miracles. Hallelujah. Um, Quickly, Jesus wept. We all know that verse. Um, doesn't take much to memorize it. <laughs> but do you know what it says straight after that? The Jews said, see how much he loved him, Lazarus. See how much he loved him. And those tears were prayers. I believe that. Jesus wept and they were powerful tears. All right, Psalm 39, verse 12. Lord, hear my prayer. Listen to the words I cry to you. Look at my tears. So for those of you that are weeping at the moment, and there will be people here, if you're, in a, if you're passing through the valley of Barker, the weeping, know that he sees your prayers, he sees your tears, and he hears your prayers. 
Psalm 56, verse 8. You have kept count of my tossings. How many of you are tossing on your bed at the moment for worry, concern, whatever? Put my tears in your bottle. Are they not in your book? 2 Kings 20, verse 5. This is Hezekiah. He's been told by the prophet, put your life in order, put your house in order because you're going to die. And he weeps and he prays. And then God says, I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. Um, Timothy Keller, and I haven't actually read this, but I've read a bit online. But he says, um, he talks about praying our tears, praying our tears, using your tears, letting them be as prayers. And uh, says this, weeping allows us to enter into our loss in a profound way. And when given to God, weeping becomes deeply hallowed prayers. Isn't that beautiful? Now, I went through a period in my life, three years, where I cried every day. Every day. And I'd walk up to a waterfall, and I'd sit there, and I'd cry and add more water to the waterfall. (laughs) But they were powerful times. And um, he heard my prayers and he saw my tears. Psalm 6 says, um, I'm worn out from my groaning. Groaning are prayers, can be prayers too. All night long I flood my bed with weeping and drench my couch with tears. My eyes grow weak with sorrow. Away from me, all you who do evil, for the Lord has heard my weeping. The Lord has heard my cry for mercy. The Lord accepts my prayer. Isn't that wonderful? All right, desperate prayers. God, help me. From the Bible, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me, Bartimaeus. Have mercy on me. Do you know, these are the prayers from the gut. Unrehearsed, un, um, not crafted at all, not polished, but real, gut-wrenching. God, help me. God, save my daughter, whatever it is. Now, these are sometimes the sort of, the very first prayers a lot of us ever made. And the prayers of desperation, the prayers of crisis. Now, I want any of you in here that aren't believers, listen to me carefully here now, speaking especially to you. This sort of prayer, God hears. And uh, don't ever think that God only listens to those who've got their lives sorted together, sorted out. He doesn't. He listens to real gut prayers, desperate prayers. His ears are open to your cry. And you won't ever earn his love. He loves you completely. And you might not be a believer now, but you might be by the end of the service, (laughs) but even in five years' time, he won't love you more than he loves you now because he loves you completely. And prayer is just talking to God. Now, it can take a crisis for some some of us to stop and realize how many people, they just cry out to God because intuitively they know there is a God. They might have spent all their life denying it, but when the 
crisis comes, there's something in them that just cries out. It's wonderful. Now, I was 21 and I was nursing and it was the night of my final practical exam and I was working in ICU and it was quiet. There wasn't one patient in ICU and uh, the, um, the nurse that had come down to examine me said, well, um, what I want you to do, since there's nothing happening here, I want you to set a room out uh, as if there was a, a person with brain injury. And I looked at her and I said, what do you, do you mean actually get it ready physically? And she said, yes, get it ready as if there's a brain injury patient. So the whole time I'm setting up the room, I'm saying, oh, God, help me remember everything. Help me remember, you know, and I was really praying. Have I got everything? Remind me if I've forgotten something. And finally I went to her and I said, it's, it's ready. And as we walked down towards the room, suddenly we heard this loud toot, toot, tooting. In this car, I tell you, the adrenaline just shot to my toes, you know. Oh, and I ran out to where I could hear the car was coming into the entry. And uh, this car just pulled up. This large Maori man jumped out and he just, he just looked at me with this horror. And he said, my daughter, my daughter's been run over. And I remember opening the back door and helping him lift out his little girl and feeling the sticky blood on me. Well, I tell you, it was all go. And she had head injuries. And she went into the room that I had got ready for her. <laughs> and everything was there. And it was just go, go, go. And then she was raced up to theatre and um, had an operation. At the end of it, when she went out, this uh, nurse that was um, testing me, we collapsed and she said, you passed, Nurse Harris. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, I went home and all I could think of was this girl. And I prayed for her. Well, guess what? The next day, I'd been transferred from, ICU, uh, from A&E to ICU. And guess who was my patient? This girl. And as I walked in, I'll never forget it. Huh. There was a woman there, and she was just like this on the side of the bed by her daughter, and she was praying. And I heard her say, God, if you will save my daughter, I'll serve you the rest of my life. And I went up to her, and I put my arm around her, and I said, can I share something with you? And I told her what had happened the night before. And I said to her, your daughter will live because God had me prepare the room for her and he is going to save her and you will serve him the rest of your life. <laughs> and do you know, she and I became best friends. She ended up singing with me in an outreach group. We sang together for five years and did outreaches all over the beaches around here. And I loved her. And she served him the rest of her life. It was wonderful. I went and spoke to her when she was dying herself later. And she looked at me and we remembered that day. And she said, 
I've loved him, Rose. I've loved him all m- since that time. Hallelujah. Isn't that wonderful? So that is the sort of prayer that God hears and loves. Now, um, oh, don't tell me it's that time. Someone turn it back. I'm going to ignore it. Ah, oh, it's just ridiculous. It just speeds up. But Chris told me to take my time, so I'm obeying my husband. And No, okay, quickly. Um, Dad, boom, was so funny. He's just gone into care, and he can be a little bit stroppy. And the doctor was saying to um, Dad, um, Dad was like, I need my pills. This is what I had at home. And the doctor was saying to him, I'm changing your pills. I'm giving you a different pill. And um, Dad was saying, no, but I want this pill. And the doctor said, don't you tell me how to prescribe pills. <laughs> but I'll never forget the look on Dad's face when he looked at, at this little pill and he said, it's tiny. <laughs> and I said, Dad, it's tiny, but it's powerful. And even as I said it, I thought that's the same as prayer. You know, we can think we have to pray long, complicated, deep prayers. But those tiny pills, that tiny gut prayers, oh God, have mercy on my son. They're powerful. Okay, quick. Borrowed prayers. And I'm going to go. All right. We've got two quotes up there. Now, when we're Pentecostal, we begin to think, we, we, there's a tendency to think that formed prayers aren't as powerful as the spirit-led prayers. However, Jesus taught us to pray, our Father who art in heaven, you know. Now, here's two prayers that I've had in a book by my bed when I was finding it hard to sleep at night, when I was grieving about mum and dad. If I lie restless on my bed, your word of healing peace be said. If powerful dreams rise in the night, transform their darkness into light. Isn't that great? I don't know who wrote it, but I love it and I've made it my prayer. This other one, dear Lord, watch with those who wake or watch or weep tonight. And give your angels charge over those who sleep. Tend your sick ones. Rest your afflicted ones. Shield your joyous ones. And all for your love's sake. God, we go into this night confident that the dawn will break tomorrow. Grant that when we come to die, we may go gladly and in hope, confident in the resurrection. Amen. I love those prayers. All right. One of my frequent prayers is borrowed from something Paul wrote, and it's in Philippians. He says, Yes, I will continue to rejoice, for I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. He's in prison. I eagerly expect and hope that I will be in no way ashamed, but will have sufficient courage, so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by my life or by my death. For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. That has become my prayer. Sufficient courage. So when I'd hear a scream of Jacob, screamed, and this, oh, the adrenaline, you're running towards the scream and you don't know what you're going to find. That's when Millie hit him in the face with a golf club. 
by mistake. But as you're running to the screen, my prayer is, God, give me sufficient courage for whatever's ahead, for whatever I'm going to find, sufficient courage. Um, A few years ago, I shared with you a wonderful prayer to pray from Psalm 143. Have we got that one up there? Let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love, for I have put my trust in you. Show me the way I should go, for to you I lift up my soul. Prayer for guidance. Rescue me from my enemies, O Lord, for I hide myself in you. Prayer for protection. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. A prayer for learning to hear God's voice. May your good spirit lead me on level ground. For your name's sake, O Lord, preserve my life. In your righteousness, bring me out of trouble. In your unfailing love, silence all my enemies. Destroy all my foes, for I am your servant. Folks, we need to pray the Bible. We need to pray our way through the word of God. When you read the word, don't just read it, pray it. Make them your prayers. Um, Whatever you're reading, you know, you might be reading Romans 8, <clears throat> you know, that nothing can separate you from the love of Christ. Not, not life, nor death, not principalities, nor powers. Pray it and say, Father, I know that you've promised this and I thank you that nothing, not the future, not the present, not the past, not the future can cha- take me away from your love. Pray the Lord's Prayer. Your will be done. It's not just, oh, well, God's will be done, sort of that relinquishing. No, it's your will be done. It's a decree. Have your way in the, in the person that I choose to marry. Your will be done. With this job that I'm thinking about, your will be done. Pray it. Pray your way through. Here's a good one. Here's a Kaya. I love this. The enemy's coming. Let me, let me quickly read this to you. Some people came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army is coming against you. Oh boy, don't you love to hear that from Edom. It's already in Hazazon Tamar. Alarmed, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord. Look, and he proclaimed a fast for all Judah. When you are alarmed, fast and pray. The people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from every town to seek him. And do you know what he prayed? He prayed, we have no power to face this army, this vast army that's attacking us. We do not know what to do, but anybody know it? uh, Is it up there? (laughs) Ah, you cheat. But our eyes are on you. I have prayed that so many times. Lord, I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. Pray it. Pray some of Hezekiah's prayers, and then the word comes, you don't need to fight in this battle. This battle is not yours, it's the Lord's. And they go out, and the valley of potential defeat becomes the valley of Baraka, the valley of praise. Hallelujah. All right. Here's a verse that I thought of this morning when we, ra- we sang a song about God roaring like a lion. Now, I've given this verse to a few mothers who are burdened for their children. 
Hosea 11, I think it is. Hang on, I wrote it down. Hosea 11, verse 10. Let me read it to you. He will roar like a lion. And when he roars, his children will come trembling from the west. They will come trembling like birds from Egypt, like doves from Assyria. And I will settle them in their homes, says the Lord. I've told some women, ask God to roar into their lives. Say, God, roar in the life of Mary. Roar in the life of Joseph. And let them come trembling back to you. It's a good prayer. He's the Lion of Judah. Hallelujah. We sang that tonight. Okay, very quickly, transformative prayers, and then I'm finishing. The Dutch author, Corrie Ten Boom, said this. Worry does not empty tomorrow of its troubles. Rather, it robs today of its strength. Now, I won't ask for a show of hand, but there will be worries. There will be anxieties amongst us here. Don't let it rob you of your strength. All of us, none of us are immune to worry. All of us have them. Whether it's we're worried about what this year will hold. We're worried about finances. We're worried about children. We're worried about our marriage. Whatever it is, your health. The Bible gives you God's antidote to worry. Philippians 4, don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers. Letting God know your concerns. This is what we've got to do. We've got to learn. All our lives we'll be learning to pray. And we've got to learn to shape our worries into prayers. So the next time you feel worried about one of your children, pray. And pray in confidence, knowing that God loves them more than you even love them. Hallelujah. And when you don't know where your prodigal is, he's in a far country, God knows where he is. And I will finish with this. You know how we can do this? You know why we can do this? It's because... He cares for us. First Peter says, He cares for us. Cast all your cares upon Him, knowing that He cares for you. And this is how we pray. This is the basic reason why we pray, because there is a God in heaven who hears and who cares. And he loves us. And that's the most wonderful thing. That's the best news um, I can give you. Is that whatever situation you're in now or you'll face this week or next year or when you're old, God cares. He sees our, he sees our tears. He hears every prayer, whether it's as small as the pill that dad despised. <laughs> He hears it. And uh, let your heart fly to God all the time. Don't ever think, oh, he's too busy to hear my prayer or that's too small. Turn to God all the time in prayer because he loves us. He loves you. So what I want us to do is stand to our feet and um, 
Lamentations 3, I think it is, says, let us lift up our hearts with our hands. And uh, I know this is, you might, it's um, something that some churches get a bit, oh, that's a bit weird, but it's totally biblical, <laughs> to lift our hearts with our hands. So uh, if you're comfortable with it, raise your hands, and I, I want you to just let your own heart, whatever it is, fly to God now. It can be a small, desperate prayer, whatever. But let's just have a moment of quiet while we turn our hearts to God, and then I'm going to pray. Lord, you hear every voice and every prayer that's just been lifted up to you this morning. Thank you, God. Oh, God, listen. Oh, God, hear. Oh, God, act. So, Father, I just pray for every need here this morning that you will Give us an assurance of your love. Let us know that from the very first moment we set our hearts to praying, you are hearing us and you are sending help. Lord, I pray for those that perhaps have never prayed before in their lives but are lifting their hearts now to you. Thank you, Lord. Like my friend, I pray that you will capture their hearts for the rest of their lives, that they will love you and serve you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Father, teach us to pray. Teach us to really pray, to, to make our lives a prayer to you. Teach us what that means. Father, and speak to us. Help us to listen to you to listen to your voice speaking in our lives. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you are the God who redeems, that you are our saviour, and that when we call, you come to our aid. You are there beside us. Hallelujah. Bless every person here all the ones that they've prayed for, all the ones that they're weeping for, all the ones that they're burdened for. Do some miracles, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.